you for tuning in to episode 34 of Gumbo Nights. I'm your host, Miss Tamala Handy. If this is your first time listening to the Gumbo Nights podcast, welcome in. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you're one of our loyal followers and listeners, well, welcome back, y'all. Today's episode is Hanging with the Handies, and you are in for a very special treat today. So sit back, relax, and after this very special message, we'll jump into today's episode. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us. This is the first time I've ever had a couple as guests on Gumbo Nights. So y'all, I am pleased to announce our guest for today, Dr. Handy, and I call him Shantae. He is my cousin, our dads, our brothers, and we have his wife joining us also. Her name is Paula. And this is what I think of when I think of a power couple, y'all. I want you to hear about their amazing story and the career that Dr. Handy has as a surgeon. He is a uh, podiatric surgeon. And he could tell you all about that because I, I know that entails a lot of different things, but I know it involves feet. At least I can say that. And his wife is very instrumental in helping to run the many different opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities and businesses that they are getting involved in. So I want to thank you all for joining us for today. And so we're going to talk about different things. But first of all, I want to talk about the book that you've written. And the name of the book is Swift Enough to Endure the Power of a Grandmother's Love. And so first I want to ask you, what inspired you to write the book? Well, for me, I just thought, uh, especially growing up in Eudora, Arkansas, which was a, you know, a small town, but we had a lot of love from not only family members, but also, you know, just people in the community. And I thought, you know, what better way to basically give inspiration and motivation to some of the youth around the world, not only just in America, but around the world, than to share my story of, you know, my plight from Eudora all the way to obtaining three degrees before I turned 27 and uh, becoming a surgeon. Not only just a a doctor, but actually becoming a surgeon. And just that the challenges that I was faced with, especially, you know, becoming educated alongside with my partner, who's my wife, Mm -hmm. in addition to having kids at the same. So I just wanted to share my story and I wanted other kids to hear it, be inspired by it and achieve more than me. Mm-hmm. And so what has been the reaction? Because I know you've gone around the country talking about the book, doing book signings and interacting with people that in the community and just all across the country. So what has been the reaction thus far from the book? Well, you know, the, the, the reaction, especially when it came to the youth, has been, you know, I can too. You know, and that's that's been the real factor, you know, especially speaking with children. You know, they're like, I can too, especially once they hear my story. Because a lot of these kids, they've had better opportunities than I have. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's really been it. You know, they, they, that's what they get from I can too. So I think I've motivated a lot of a lot of individuals to, to go on and actually achieve what they probably thought they could. Mm-hmm. But once you see it, you see it in the flesh, mm-hmm. a lot of times you understand that I can too. I really can. So. And so what was it that that was the motivator and inspiration for you to even desire to become a surgeon? Or was that something that you dreamed of as a kid? You know, actually, I never thought about becoming a surgeon 
or even a physician because I just never saw anybody who looked like me. You know, I didn't, you know, the, the, the great thing that I did have was that I, I had grandparents who really motivated me. Of course, you know, we share a grandfather who education was very important to him. So, uh, and he had multiple children that coming, growing up in a small town like that, but he had multiple children that were very educated and mm-hmm. his grandchildren have become so, you know, that's always, it was always in the back of my mind, but not to become a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what really pushed me to become a doctor is because in the Delta where we're from, I mean, we do have some health care, but mostly internists, family practitioners, family practitioners, but there's no specialists. So mm. when it came to the foot and ankle, I saw that everyone who actually went into the hospital who had an infection, they usually came out with an amputation. And the thing is, 95% of all patients who have an amputation unilaterally or bilaterally, it ends in death in five years. The five years survival rate, yeah, is very low. So that really pushed me to say, you know what, I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I intended to go back home, but I didn't make it home, but at least I'm making a difference in in the nation. In Oklahoma, of course, Arkansas is, is, uh, you know, one of the southern states, but Oklahoma is basically Midwest. But the patient population is pretty much the same. So I'm still making an impact. Okay. And so do you want to talk about the grandmother in your life, though, that you, you were talking about in the book? What was it that she poured into you that made this so important enough for you to talk about it and write about it? You know, here's the thing. My grandmother didn't, she never really spoke to me about education. She just made me aware that education was available for me. Mm-hmm. And she never limited me. So if mm-hmm. I would speak of anything, you know, if I talk about college, once I got to that age where I could think about it, you know, and, and possibly enroll, she never said, you know what, well, you may not need to do that, or do you think that's going to be too difficult for you? Mm-hmm. You know, once I obtained my first degree, she kept pushing me. So, well, I think mm-hmm. you can do some other things. So, you know, I went straight into graduate school from there. And then from there, you know, I told her, I said, you know, I'm thinking I'm going I'm to become a physician. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If anyone can do it, you can. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, she never oh, gave me any limitations at all. She was always very positive. So that's why, you know, once I felt I could accomplish certain things, you know, I would always speak with her and I talked to her daily while she was on this earth. So, mm-hmm. you know, after speaking with her each day, I just got more and more motivation, got more and more courage. And here I am today. Okay. And so along your path, once you decided to go to medical school, I'm sure. There are many times and maybe maybe most of the time, you know, we talk about diversity, but I'm quite sure you were in a situation where you're the only person that looked like you at some point. Absolutely. And Absolutely. So did you have any moments where you felt like, you know, do I want to keep doing this? Um, any major challenges that you that you encountered race-wise or other otherwise? Well, yeah, most definitely. Now, I had, uh, I had multiple instances where, you know, I would just overhear people say, well, I don't know if he's gonna make it. You wow! Know I mean? And all of that just gave me so much motivation. And, and the other thing is, you know, each day, like I said, I would speak with my grandmother. I would also come home speak with my wife, and they were always in my corner, basically. Mm-hmm. So you know, I thought I could accomplish the work, and, and that's all you need. You know, you can go home or you can speak with family members on the phone, and they can give you that daily encouragement. That will overcome any of the negative obstacles that you can hear, you know, while you're obtaining your, your education or whatever career aspirations that you have. So mm-hmm. that was for me, you know, if I, if I, if there was negative connotations were out there, once I came home, you know, I basically rebooted. <laughs> so. 
Well, I'm so glad to hear you talking about family as a whole and about your wife because I know that you and Paula have have been married for a long time. And exactly how long have you been married? 25 years. 25 years. So you recently celebrated an anniversary and one I'm just I'm so excited to be able to talk to to a young successful couple you know that is successful career-wise but also in your marriage because we see so many marriages that just didn't make it mine included (laughs) I had two of them y'all and then they didn't make it even to four years so when I see couples like you I get really inspired because I see you working together as a strong family unit and so now I want to talk about for you Paula to talk about how you and Shantae met and um, how you set up your family the things that you the goals that you set up together and how have you evolved from then to where you are now well I met Andronica at high school Uh, should I tell the story sure Um, we were in Miss Ford's class English class, and he pulled my hair. Oh. He was sitting beside me. He pulled my hair and was. He said, "You're gonna be my queen." Okay. And I <laughs> and I just looked behind me and I'm like, "What? What? What is he talking about?" <laughs> and I just went on. He said, "I never talked much in in high school, but I had a really good friend who told me later on that." She that is my daughter Jerrica Handy making all the noise in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she never comes down here. Oh. <laughs> but um, she, uh, my friend Demetria was like, "Oh, he likes you. He likes you." And I was like, "Oh no, oh no." And I just thought he was just the, he was the smartest guy in, in in school, and he had his own car. And I was like, "Oh no," and he ended up calling me. And um, we had a great conversation. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's very, very smart and can hold a, com- a good conversation. And we talked every, almost every day from that point on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I believe that was in 12th grade. Yeah, she was overtaken by the intelligence. <laughs> I understand, Paula. I understand. <laughs> So we've been going strong ever since November 9th, 1990, 1990, yeah, he has to help me with that. Since yeah. since your senior year of, of high school. Wow. And so what, when did you get engaged and get married? Okay, so, oh gosh. March 25th. March, tw- is it March 25th? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got married March 25th. Did you all go on to go to college together at some point? Oh, oh yeah. 
Okay. Definitely. Um, we tried to be separate. I went off to uh, UCA and Conway, and then um, he was at UALR in Little Rock, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out. We were at, we were at, we started out on weekends, and then it was through the week, and mm-hmm. I ended up in Little Rock. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. And so, um, what I'm curious about is. What was it about Paula and Paula? What was it about Andronica, Dr. Handy, Shantae, all those different names um, that you saw in each other that you knew, okay, she's the one for me and he's the one for me? Well, I mean, basically for me, she was such a nice and sweet young lady that I knew if I had someone like that by my side, I wouldn't get off track, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I set my eyes on her, like I said, my senior year in high school, and I said, this is going to be my wife. And one behold, that's the way it works. So, and like I said, it was just her, 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 her vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can vibe with someone. So mm-hmm. I knew me and my personality. Sometimes I could be a little jokester, but then she kind of balanced me out. And I knew long term, you know, I needed someone who could keep me grounded. I mean, the education, the intelligence, I knew I already had that, but I needed mm-hmm. someone that I knew could keep me grounded. You know? mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Now is the time because I figured if had I gone on. Um, became educated. Yeah, I don't know if you can trust people sometimes. You know, right. and I'm a giving and loving person. I'm a very giving person, and I don't know with my personality would I have been as open to even receive, you know, a, a, a great person at that point. So mm-hmm. you know, I just made a decision that this is who I want. I'm going to be with her, and you know, uh, I hadn't looked back. So. So, Paula, what I want to know is, so what, what goals did you have in terms of education and career, and and then how have you helped to support what your husband is doing as a surgeon, and even leading up to that? Well, I received my bachelor's from the University of Arkansas in Little Rock mm-hmm. in health education, and then I went on to get my master's in health services management from Webster University, and because we were kind of going along the same path within healthcare, mm-hmm. figured, uh, well, we both figured once he got out of medical school mm-hmm. that we would, he would go into private practice and I would run the practice and he would see the patients. And, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't happen. He um, received an offer where they had all of that in place and I didn't have to do any of that. Oh, wow. What a blessing. (laughs) Yeah, it was a blessing. It really was a blessing. So the zeros didn't didn't hurt you. (laughs) The zeros we heard, that didn't hurt you. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, we can eat now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You can go, you know what? You can go to Bennigan's twice a month. We can go to Bennigan's. But they didn't have one here. They didn't have have a Bennigan's. Y'all go to Ruth's Chris, and you can go go to something way better than Bennigan's. that I think I was able to help him with and I was helping myself but I didn't know was the opportunity to stay at home with my kids mm-hmm. the opportunity to be there to see them home from school mm-hmm. to be able to go to the school to be able to take them to all their sporting events to be able to go handle their teachers if I needed to uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and I, I had one woman um, come up 
to me one time. I, it was me and the kids in the store. And she came up to me and she said, do you stay home with your kids? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, I can tell. Wow. Wow. You know, and I, it, it, it struck me then. I said, I think I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. This is the best job. I am blessed to have this job. But in the back of my head, I've always heard all my life, strong, independent, black woman, duh, duh, have your own, duh, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing at home? Yeah. Wow. That's a challenge. I think that's, all, that's been a challenge, especially in the African-American community sometimes, because mm-hmm. you hadn't had the opportunity for women to stay at home. But mm-hmm. I, I told her initially when I brought that to her, she's like, well, you know, I have my master's degree. I don't want to, you know, stay at home per se. And then there's other people, you know, other people say, well, listen, you have this education, you need to utilize that. But I told her, I said, here's the thing, when there's a team, my job, of course, is just to provide, come home, assist you also, because you have a very, you have, your job is more important than mine, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm just breadwinner. I do whatever yeah. I can to try to support you. That's what I realized. Yeah, and then I was she being a strong that. black woman by staying home. Yeah. Right. Because it was not easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. not an easy job. Mm-hmm. It was not. I didn't get to watch any TV. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. really hang out much because I was at the school. I was volunteering. I was doing. I was just mom. Like that was yeah. that. I was Jerrica and Jerry's mom. That mm-hmm. was my job. And the, the other thing is that I, when she really understood that I would be willing to reverse the roles if I needed to, mm-hmm. if she was the surgeon, made more money. I would sacrifice my career and stay home and take care of the kids. So when she understood that I would do that, then she got it. She got oh, it. Oh, wow. And that's amazing. That's that's rare because, you know, a lot of times the, the man is like so opposed to doing that. But it's great yeah. that you were willing to, to do it. We, we'll switch the roles if we need to. And so talk about talk about your three kids and where they are now in in life and the things is because they're doing some great things also. Okay, so we have Miss Shandazia Trelisha. She lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, and she is thirty years old. Okay. Um, she has her own business, Eight Figure Waist Couture. Oh wow. Yes, she is my stepdaughter and Jeronica's first child. Okay. And uh, then we have Mr. Jerry is handy. He is a true handy. <laughs> <laughs> handy. <laughs> is he a handy with the I-E? I-E? <laughs> I-E. <laughs> he is 25. He lives in Oklahoma City. And um, we have Jerrica handy. She's 22. And she lives upstairs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we don't want to slight Jerrica, too, because what is she focusing on in her, her education? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, uh, Jerrica um, is working on, well, Jerrica and Jarius have their own business as well, Swift Enough. And it's, I guess we'll get to that part. But they have Swift Enough, and it is a wellness um, business where they pair um, healing crystals with comfortable clothes. 
okay. So, like, crystals like amethyst with the amethyst, um, amethyst leisure jogging suit, and it's so comfortable and warm, so it's, it's perfect to have that right now. And um, you just have to check out their Instagram or their Facebook to see, you know, what's going on with them. Which are both Swift enough. Swift yeah, enough. Swift enough, both of them. So basically, their product line is a spinoff of our life story, which is Swift Enough to Endure. So they just took it, took it, took it to another level. Basically, produced their own logo, and now they have their own manufacturing line. So manufacturing line, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so I, I've been a benefactor of your your previous Swift Enough to Endure. Uh-huh. I've got a couple uh-huh. yeah. of the T-shirts. You were gracious to give me those. Yeah. And so I've been looking online at at Jerica and Jerry's line, Swiftwear. And so I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I want to order something, but I'm not sure on the sizing. So I'll talk to y'all about that later so I can figure out what, what, you know, so I can make sure I order the right size. But I think it's phenomenal. So not only do you have this, this awesome marriage and you're doing well in your career, but you have raised entrepreneurs, you know, and they've saw the things that you've done. So First of all, what what prompted you to want to do these things? Because I'm sure being a surgeon and you, Paula having to support him and doing that and raise a family, that's a lot in itself. But what made you wanted to want to venture into being an entrepreneur and doing all of these other things on the side? Well, for me, you know, medicine is a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. I mean, people think you make a lot of money, and we do. Doctors make, we're at the high echelon of earners, you know, top earners in, 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 the, in the nation. But there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of mental stress involved. And I adopted a concept a long time ago. Um, don't work hard to work hard for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you do. So the thing is, if you make a certain salary, believe me, somebody's making a whole lot more than you. So um, that's really what gave me the mindset to, you know, become an entrepreneur. So basically, it's been of everything that I do from medicine to anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with having a wife who was very supportive, because some of these ideas, they take money, <laughs> you know, yeah. to get started, you know what I mean? So, but I've had, always had a supportive wife. So that's how I've been able to, you know, muster these ideas, push these ideas, and make them come to fruition because I've had a very supportive wife, too. So really um, that's, that's the reason why I want to make sure that we direct the listeners to all of the different things that you are doing. So if they want to find out more about Swiftwear, where would they go to, to get that information? Is it a specific website or? Yes. The website for uh, those products is Swift Enough Store. Yeah. Swift Enough Store.com. Swift Enough Store. And you can find a book on that website as well. Okay. So just ask for swiftenoughandinstore.com. And then I know you are also very active on Instagram, the kids, and then you also have, because I've seen you, I've seen you, Dr. Handy, doing your some of your search, and I'm squeamish, so I can't really look, but yeah, on yeah. Instagram, I've seen, I'm like, ooh, okay, I can't look at that. Let me yeah. close that. But um, where can they follow you on Instagram? The Handy's Official. The Handy's Official. That's our Instagram. Okay. And so what other things, is there anything else that you're working on now? I know you got one big thing that you told me you're really, really, really Mm -hmm. proud of. So I want to make sure we allow you to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, me and my wife, every time I've gone on any type of medical trip or for surgery uh, to do like cadaver labs, things like that, she's always gone with me. So I'd always run these little ideas by her and, and tell her, you know what, I think I can do that better than, than what's on the market right now. And she'd say, you know what, well, yeah, he's always coming up with these outlandish ideas. So let me just support him on this one too. So she bought me this little book, a sketchbook. So every time we take a trip, I would sit on the plane, look out the window, come up with these ideas, and I'd just sketch them out, sketch them out, sketch them out. And I did this for years and one day she said well you know what you've sketched enough it's time for you to move on with this now so uh you know i garnered put a team together uh we found out the process to get from step a to z and uh the rest basically is history put a team together came up with the uh requirements to get uh our trademark to get the patent process to do all the biological testing the microbiological testing also in addition to getting fda approved because that's a that's a task in itself to get a product to be implemented you know input into the body so uh i was able to put a team together which was very good you know uh, from an intellectual standpoint and a loyalty standpoint also mm-hmm. and uh, as a result we went through the process it took us right at about uh about about four years to get our first product you know, FDA approved and then once we got the 510k clearance uh we were off to the races then so that, that's where we stand now you know, I, uh, and so tell us exactly what it is that you created so here's the thing in in uh in musculoskeletal we do a lot of bone work so bone can be fixated in multiple different ways you can fixate it by the old way of using plates screws uh, i mean you go back and date back years you can go back to even like what we call cyclage wire where they used to wire things together because we didn't have all of these surgical devices to hand well now i what we devised basically is a staple that actually has ends on it. So it's got two ends on it, but it's got a delivery system. The delivery system will deliver the actual implant. The implant, once you have two segments of bone, you can close those segments of bone by this actual staple. So we deliver it. Basically the body temperature responds to the actual nitinol, which is a vital component in the actual staple itself. It responds to that and then it compresses. So it compresses as a staple unit to actually fixate bone. So that's that's what the device is. So it's what we call a nitinol staple. So for those of us like me, I have no medical knowledge. I don't know anything about a podiatric surgery or surgeon. So in what instances might you actually end up doing surgery? Like what would happen to someone where you would end up having to perform surgery on them? So there's a there's a huge gamut of procedures that I do from soft tissue, which is like tendon repairs. I do think if you think about injuries from like Kobe Bryant, some of the big stars, of course, Kobe, he's not with us anymore, but he had an Achilles tendon injury. I repair those. Um, if you see kids um, that have feet that are flat where, you know, they have no arch, I go in and reconstruct that completely. Oh, wow. And rebuild their arches. Yeah, I rebuild their arches, put their feet back in position. So, of course, they're ready to play sports, things like that. Um, patients that have arthritis. See, if you had an arthritic ankle, the ankle went out just like the knees, and people have knee replacements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do two ankle replacements also. So I do a huge gamut. You know, basic bunions. You have those knots on the, on your big toe joint. Mm-hmm. I go in and repair those, uh, correct them, and, and mm-hmm. which is more of a cosmetic thing. And those things can really hurt, too. But, you know, I do surgery on the lines of those you know patients that have hammer toes you know you probably heard of yeah <laughs> yeah i correct those um so like i said i mean it's a number of different things that i mm-hmm. think you know, patients diabetic patients who may get you know infections 
because sometimes, unfortunately, you can't correct that with medicine. That tissue dies, and you have to take things off. Which you know, I hate doing, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do that. So that's that's like uh, a synopsis of a lot of the cases that I've. Okay, so I know that this is probably going to seem like a silly question, but when did you get to the point where you know, like I said, I'm looking at what you do and it, it's bothering me. Was there ever a point when you were, you became a surgeon or before that, you know, looking at all of this stuff on the inside and did it ever bother you in any way? No, you know, it never did. It's, I, I think, I think people that are, that, that go into this realm of education as a career, you, you're built for it. Okay. Now, every physician right. is not a surgeon. You right, know what I mean? right. So a surgeons, we're built different. Okay. <laughs> so being squeamish is not one yeah. of the, the things that would allow you to become a Well, surgeon. you're right. It's, the two really don't go together. <laughs> but, again, that's me. And, Look. of course, you know, the other thing is, you know, as a kid growing up in Arkansas, I mean, we prepared every type of animal under the sun, possibly. Squirrels to eat, all sorts of things. So wow. we have to prepare those to eat. So I, I, I was used to seeing blood and things that make other people squeamish. It mm-hmm. was a common thing as a kid. You know, it, now, it was, that was that was fun for you, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> wow. So I also want to talk to you. So you mentioned you've been married for twenty five years, and mm-hmm. you know we're in a time when in this pandemic. Unfortunately, you know I've heard. You know, a lot of couples are struggling, you know, that and probably struggling long before COVID happened. Um, I've heard about some folks that are splitting up and I know you are you all are actually in a happy, healthy marriage. But what advice do you have for folks that, you know, may be thinking about getting married or maybe even um, in a marriage, but they want to be like where you are, where you're happy, you're working together as a partnership what advice do you have? What what things have you done that you think have made your marriage lasting and successful and healthy? You know, I'll answer and then I'll let, uh, let Paula answer. For me, it was a decision that we made years ago where we put each other first. I didn't leave the city without taking her with me. Mm. When, she, you know, even when she was struggling with that, you know, I don't want to leave the kids. But I'm like, listen, these kids are going to become adults. They're going to go on with their lives. What's going to happen is I couldn't foresee times like this in the pandemic, but a lot of the couples that are separating now, they didn't know each other. That's the mm. problem. When you're quarantined, you've got to know that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing when you get up, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you go to sleep, you start over. You know, but if you don't know that person, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. So you have to become friends. So that's the thing that I was hard pressed on initially when we first started i'm like we have to be friends we have to remain friends and it's us you know first we're mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. and then you know the kids come because if we're not stable mentally that's not gonna be good for them so you know that was the best decision that we made you know for, for um us to to truly be a team of course but at the same time be friends and understand each other you know so that's the best advice that i could give a couple you know, and even if it comes to career, sometimes you may have to sacrifice some things as far as a career, kind of like she did, so that we could still just be together all the time and we would always know each other. So, you know, here, here we are 2020, never thinking we'd ever be in a pandemic. Well, we don't have to get to know each other. We've yeah. always known each other. Right. So. I love it. And putting your, putting, putting your, your spouse first doesn't mean 
oh, kids, you know, forget your kids and all that. That doesn't mean that. You don't mm-hmm. love your kids any less than you do. Mm-hmm. But you, you become a team. Your husband is before your girlfriends. Your husband and your, your wife is before your guy friends. Mm-hmm. And you go on, you, your, your, your trips are more important than your girl trips. Mm-hmm. You know, your guy trips, you know, you, you become best friends. If your spouse can't be your best friend, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And communication. I, you know, you hear that all the time, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Communication is key. Nobody, I mean, he can't read my mind. I can kind of read yours. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, so I have to like verbalize, you know, what what I'm feeling, what I want, you have to spit it out. Yeah. Okay. And, and the other thing is that sometimes you have to realize in your life, you know, work is work, but when you come, when you hit the door, you start over tomorrow. You leave those problems outside and, you know, you don't bring that into your home. And that's, unfortunately, you know, I had to learn that because once you get out and you start, especially on a career path as a surgeon, you know, you got to be on your A game at all times. Mm-hmm. But still, once I got home, I had to realize, you know, when I get to that door, well, I'm not Dr. Handy. I am. Veronica, Shantae, I'm dad, whatever you want to call me. That's who I am when I hit that door. I'll pick this up tomorrow when I leave, get in the truck and take off. So that's the other, bringing that into your home. And it's a lot of stress, a lot of stress, you know, especially a young surgeon like myself. I didn't have anybody I could get on the phone and call. You know, Mm -hmm. in my state, it's only me and another guy who looks like me, who Mm -hmm. does what I do. So Mm -hmm. there was was no one that I could call and, and, and bounce things off of, you know, to try to give me a little bit more sanity. But I had to realize that on my own. So that's another tidbit that I would tell any professional, you know, try not to bring that home if you want to So you bring up a good point, you know, so having to manage that stress, how do you do that? And then Paula, how do you help him to, to not be stressed out? Well, here's the thing. Um, when I was kind of stressed way back in, you know, early, like maybe 2020, but early on in my career, um, one day my wife saw me and she said, you know what? You just don't look right to me. You just don't look right to me. And I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get what she was saying, but what she was meaning was I was working so hard. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. I would get up in the morning. I would get up four, four thirty. I'd be at the hospital around at five to between five, six. I'd get in the clinic, start clinic about six forty five, seven o'clock. I'd work up into the noon hour. I would go to the hospital, do two cases in the middle of the day, come back to the office, work until like four five o'clock go back to the hospital see new patients for consults round on those old patients get home 11 12 12 30 get about two three hours of sleep start over again wow on surgery days and that's just a clinic day so i was doing surgery even on the clinic day on my full surgery days i'd start my cut time would be 6 15 i work all day to about four or five then go back to the hospital see patients and i did that for years until my wife one day saw me, she's like, you can't keep at this pace. You, you cannot keep up this pace. Well, instead of getting angry mm-hmm. that he's working mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and that I'm here by my, you know, along with the kids and all that, just getting angry about that, mm-hmm. you got to switch it up and have empathy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So at that time, what I did was I ended up 
not working at all. I just stopped and took about 10 months off. Oh, <laughs> you know, we just you. we just relaxed. We just flew places. We enjoyed the kids at all sorts of things. And then yeah. from there, you know, I came up with a lot of ideas that I could do outside of medicine also. So that's when, you know, I came up with my idea to, to move my implant. Uh, I mean, I promoted a box before. I put a, a boxing event on at the MGM Grand before. So mm-hmm. I've done all of that. I've, I've managed the... Uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather's uh, security guys, the Great Wall, Big Adam and Big Church. So we've come up with the clothing line with that. So I've done a ton of things. I know you <laughs> have. Medicine. And that sounds odd, you know, especially a surgeon, but that's the thing. I mean, you come up with different ideas. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I came up with that mindset, you know, eventually don't work hard, work hard for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so, Paula, same thing for you because, you know, you have a big role too. You know, being a, being a stay-at-home mom, and I will share this with you. You know, you mentioned that some people think of, some people tend to think that, you know, if you're staying at home, you're not this strong, you know, black woman. I didn't have that impression of you. So not even knowing that you were a stay-at-home mom when I saw you, you know, to me, you still had the, this amazing strength as if I knew you were running something. Even if your household, you're running a corporation, you're doing all these things. So you embody all of that anyway. But so how did you manage, you know, because trying to stay, you know, involved in their lives and doing everything and sometimes having, I guess, probably having to do a lot of it by yourself because he was so busy. How did I manage it? Yes. And I'm very spiritual. I'm very spiritual. And just praying, praying every day. I, I take up every morning. I have my own personal Bible study. Okay. Every morning. I don't. I don't miss it. I journal, and it keeps me all. All of it keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. And so, him going off to work every day. It, it never bothered me. The hours. It just. It never bothered me. He's been this way. He's been a hard worker since I met him. That's one of the things that attracted me to him. He was already working with his grandfather from sun up to sun down. He was already a, a did you have your license? Like a license, a, a apprentice plumber when I met him in high school. Oh, okay. So, I mean, the three degrees that he has in science all required a lot of time so I was already used to hours and hours and hours so when we when he started to work and do surgery like he was doing I was used to him being away mm-hmm. but this was different he wasn't happy oh okay and I, yeah and I, I noticed that uh-huh. and I and I was like I gotta do something or I may lose my husband like not lose him leaving me but lose him health wise mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so the time he took to reboot to reboot himself and to find himself he yeah. needed to he, he mm-hmm. had to do it it was necessary yeah. it was necessary and she's always been a multitasker like you know because Back when we were, we were both in school together. So we're both in undergrad school, but we were both in graduate school together too. So we've been, she was used to multitasking. This was just on a different level, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, 
she was yeah. always uh, yeah with the kids yeah juggling two kids at yeah. the same time that so. was that was not yeah. that was never hard for me yeah that, we okay. had had them throughout college and yeah. it was my normal yeah. okay <laughs> but he was there like he I mean he was at all their sporting events he made it happen he came to all of their school events he made it happen with scrubs on but with scrubs on <laughs> <laughs> You know, another thing that I love about you all, because I love to see you all taking your family vacations and you always go to such amazing, you know, unique places that a lot of us people like that look like me, we haven't, we don't have an opportunity to do and we've never seen or heard of. So I love that, that you're spending that quality time as a, as a family unit. I think that's awesome. And so when I'm talking about, you know, children and the marriage and stuff, these are things that I haven't, I don't have kids. So when I think about it, to me, it might seem like it's a big deal, but I hear you saying, no, it's, you know, I, I got it. I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, but for people who, who haven't experienced that, you know, and unfortunately I did not have a successful marriage, tried it, tried, tried it twice, but seeing you, you know, and how you are doing it, it is inspirational and motivational and it's helpful for me and others that have not been successful in that area to see that it can happen yes definitely yeah definitely and i know one thing i do want to say so shante you're uh you're a fraternity member which which fraternity uh, are you a part of i don't want to leave i don't want to make a side yeah i know i, I said <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd make sure and my son and your son I know I didn't want to I didn't make sure I wanted to make sure I did not leave that out (laughs) um but I'm gonna make sure that I share in our notes for the podcast all of the ways that people can reach you and I'm sure they can find your book swift enough to endure the power of a grandmother's love that is available on Amazon and we want people to go and check out Swiftware and all of the other things that you're doing so I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for being on here. And even though we're family, I've learned some things that I didn't know about you as well. But I'm just so proud of you all, just your entire family for the model, the role model that you have been for our family and just people all across the world. And and you're right. All of us need some inspiration sometimes, sometimes because we come from where we come from. Some folks think that we can't, but yes, you're right. I can. I can do everything that I choose, whatever I believe in, I can do it. So I appreciate appreciate you all for being on Gumbo Nights. You're my first couple that I've had on. All right. And so I thank you so much for being on. And you are welcome to come back anytime you want to. All right. And you we can love you and thank you for Absolutely. having us. No yep. problem. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Y'all, I hope that you enjoyed our very special guest, the first couple that we've had on Gumbo Nights, Dr. and Mrs. Handy. I know I learned a lot, and I hope that you have learned something from them that you can use in your own life. Y'all, thank you so much for listening, liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. And whatever you do, make sure that you join me right here for the next episode.